0: No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back, score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch, or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding and check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC.
2: Welcome back to the RotoWire DFS podcast. I'm your host, Josh Hayes, joined today by Benny Ricciardi as we spotlight the running back and wide receiver positions for NFL Week 5 action. You can always find Benny on Twitter at BennyR11 and over at RotoCurve, RotoWire, and as a featured writer on the DraftKings playbook. You can also follow me on Twitter at Josh FS and find me hosting the Daily Slant DFS show and writing for ProFootballFocus.com. Benny, what's going on, my man?
3: Not too much. Just uh, sorting through some of this data for this week for NFL right now. Um,
2: Is that leaked couple... data? Or
3: yeah, to... that's it. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at the ownership percentages for uh for Sunday. Now it's um you know just basically the same stuff I always look at uh you know defenses uh you know who's good against the run who's going to get the pass you know amount of fantasy points these teams are giving up. All stuff that I did not get from any specific site. I didn't get it from FanDuel. I didn't get it from DraftKings. Full disclosure here. I don't want to be thrown in the middle of this. So,
2: yeah. hey, I have some leaked data for you, but it's for um, it's for my uh, my daughter's uh, you know kindergarten uh, kickball league. So there's some ringers in there, and they're like very very cheap cheaply priced on 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 Fantasy Aces and DraftKings. So. If yeah. you're for some inside um, kickball prices, I-, I got those for you.
3: I'll tell you what: if you had the inside track on League of Legends, I could use that because my team's got killed today.
2: <laughs> so your, let me tell you, your um, your master strategy didn't come to fruition. I guess.
3: You you know what it is? I only played one or two GPPs today because there were only like two matches. So I tried to go completely contrarian, and it went very chalk. So my day was not good.
2: Well, there you have it. There's your uh, weekly Rotowire DFS League of Legends update brought to you by Benny Ricciardi. There it is. All right. Uh, Rotowire DFS podcast. Don't forget, you can check it out on iTunes and Stitcher. So if you get a chance to rate, review us, and subscribe, please so go ahead and do so. And we appreciate you sharing the love and tweeting it out on social media. All right, Benny, let's get started with the guys toad in the rock in week five. Who's going to be in your cash game and GPP lineups? Well,
3: I'm actually having a tough time up top here, so I want to ask you a question. I'll talk about the guy I have on top right now, but I wanted to get your opinion on it. Okay. Of If I'm spending up at running back this week, I'm having a tough time deciding between Jamal Charles and Le'Veon Bell. All right. um, I have Charles on top right now. Uh, he's basically getting about five catches a game for about 40 yards, been rushing for about 75, 78 yards a game. Um, And he's averaging a touchdown a game as well right now. So DraftKings, he's averaging like 22, 23 points. FanDuel, he's averaging 20 points, which I was a little surprised about. I mean, he's having a very good start to the season so far. And he's favored. He's at home. um, Playing Chicago, who's got a bottom 25% rush defense based on yards allowed so far this year. And I think they should be winning. I think he should be running late. So I think he can put some, you know, some points up on the board. So right now I have him slightly ahead of Le'Veon Bell are you a a Bell fan this week
2: I am a Bell fan but I think we're breaking ties here here's the issue that you have I think Jamal Charles gets a slight edge for a few reasons one he's playing at home and Chicago is is a significantly lower grade defense as opposed to San Diego and Pittsburgh has to go on the road in San Diego having said that I wouldn't be surprised if Le'Veon Bell gets the heavy usage treatment again because of Michael Vick's I guess uh, lack of effectiveness so mm-hmm. we are really talking about 1A and 1B and I wouldn't be at, opposed at all to sort of splitting cash game action between the two but if you're going to say, you know, um p- p- you know, put a gun to my head and make me make a choice, I'm going to go with Jamal Charles at at 9 and 100 um, in that spot. But I really feel like you're it's so close that you might as well just diversify your action and not be all in in cash games on either one guy.
3: Yeah, like that's I, I I agree completely with you. Like I think it is so close which is what makes it a much tougher decision for me um but I think I feel the same way like if I'm rolling a single entry out there in a tournament and I'm putting together my best team and I'm paying up and I can only because you can't really fit both of these guys on many sites um if you do you're really like punting every place else so if I have to choose between them I think I have Charles a little bit ahead right now for it
2: here's the other thing to consider too I mean and I, I don't know um what you necessarily want to make of this but the Chicago Bears for whatever reason have graded out pretty well against the run According to pro football focus they're actually in the top five for the first four weeks of the season in run defense and then you have the San Diego Chargers who have the second worst run d so if you take those by the numbers and you want to play um you know or rely on the stats of the first four weeks of the seasons I guess you're t- I'm, I'm gonna have to flip flop myself and go with Le'Veon Bell I mean, because that's a that's a huge swing between the number five run defense and the uh, the second worst defense uh, in the league. So maybe I'm just talking myself out of my own play.
3: Yeah. You know what? I mean, you know what I think is going to be big? Um, It's going to be big for me when I get to legally see the ownership percentages from FanDuel on Thursday. (laughs) You know, if I look on Friday and I see that, you know, Charles is maybe like 20 to 30 percent owned in some of the big GPPs and Bell is 10 percent or vice versa. I mean, for me, it's so close. I think that I could swing one way or the other, Mm -hmm. um, you know, based on which one I think will give me more upside, because I do really think they have the same, you know, they have the same ceiling, basically. So if one guy's, you know, lower owned than the other one, and I think it'll give me a better chance to move up in a tournament, Mm -hmm. I'd probably go in that direction, to be honest.
2: Man, if only there were like a show that broke down the ownership percentages over the weekend that you could listen to, and then it's like they would just tell you where those were, and then you could sort of, you know, have a discussion about what makes more sense based on those ownership percentages.
3: Yeah, I think I heard one last Saturday. <laughs> did
2: you? Where did yeah. you hear
3: it? I, I, think, I think it might have been you and I talking about it on Roto-Wire DFS. I'm not oh, sure.
2: that's what I was doing last week. That's and it. I was talking ownership percentages with the one and only Benny Ricciardi. So we're actually going to have that available uh, on Friday afternoons. We get that report. Um, Benny, um, you know, lays himself on the line does the whole sacrificial lamb deal in order to get some ownership percentages for us. And then with actually some other good reports out there that we can sort of combine our information. And then we do just that. We take a look at those reports. So we'll have to be continued on the Jamal Charles, uh, Le'Veon Bell debate there. There'll be, if I, if I see it like, um, a big ownership percentage and uh, GPP, I'll probably fade the other way. And then I don't know what, what will be your cash gameplay? If you see that, that Le'Veon Bell is like 25% owned and Jamal Charles is like 15 what does that mean for you in cash games?
3: I mean, in cash games, I would still pick the guy who I had more faith in if they're the same price. So to me, at this point, it would be Charles unless I start relooking at some of the numbers that you just gave me and everything else and decide to change it. Mm-hmm. I had Charles a little bit higher. But again, I have them so close that if, one of, if the ownership was that much different, I would be perfectly fine using the lower owned of the two because I think – it, it, I mean, I don't think you can go wrong with either one of these guys this weekend. So if you have Charles in your lineup or if you have Bell, whichever one you like more, you know, like I said, I like Charles a little bit more, but I'm not going to knock anybody who uses Bell either because they could both have huge games and they both have pretty nice floors. You know, like I said, I just like the situation for Charles being at home and being favored a little more.
2: Yeah, th- here's the thing. Um, for me, I, I think I, I after seeing what Duke Johnson was able to do, in the in the in the passing game as a running back, just destroying linebackers and the and the Chargers unable to match up uh, defensively in some of those sets. I just feel like I have to go with Le'Veon Bell now just knowing what I know about their their, their run defense and their ability to cover running backs out 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 of the uh, out of the backfield. So we saw what Duke Johnson did and I think Duke Johnson's gonna make a nice, nice play uh, here in week five, I'm not super excited about Duke Johnson, and I decided against riding him up for Pro Football Focus because it is on the road against Denver. I'm sorry, against uh, Baltimore. So that was a mitigating factor for me. But aside from that, um, you saw what he was able to do in week four at, on the road in San Diego, and I think it's easy, easy to say Le'Veon Bell's a more talented running back, maybe the most talented running back. Uh, with apologies to Adrian Peterson, and those are the numbers I'm going to trust. So I'm officially staking my claim in cash games on Le'Veon Bell here. If you're paying up, um, like for instance, nine k on Fanduel and um, running backs at uh, DraftKings, yeah, um, there's you know what, see that's the other factor we didn't consider on DraftKings since we can talk about them now. There's a significant cost difference between them. That's a that's a seven hundred dollar difference between Jamal Charles and Le'Veon Bell. So that might be the swing thing uh, for me as far as you know who I decide to get in there. Um, all right. We think we've talked about enough uh, about some of the guys in the top tier. Uh, let's go second tier here. Who, who's in, who's uh, interesting for you uh, this week in week five for running backs?
3: Yeah, I actually have a lot of guys in the in the lower tier that I'm looking at this week. So there's a lot of cheap options if you're looking for them. Um, first guy I want to talk about a little bit is Justin Forsett. Um, they basically have no running backs left in. I mean, no wide receivers left in Baltimore anymore. Uh, Kamar Aiken is now probably their number one wide receiver, I would guess, with Steve Smith out and Perryman still being out. So I think they're going to have to run a lot this week. And he had a pretty big week last week, had 27 carries, 150 yards, and he's been averaging about 19.5 touches per game. Now, my problem with Forsett is he doesn't really get the goal line work. So the touchdowns are always an issue with him. But uh, his price is pretty cheap. I think he's about 72 on FanDuel. Um, I want to say like 58 on, on DraftKings, if I'm not mistaken. So he's in that mid-price range, and I think he could have a big game on the ground this week. Probably also add in a couple uh, a couple catches. They are a, a favored. They are at home. So it's all the situations that I like for a running back. So I think Forsett is definitely somebody who I put into some of my rosters already to start the week.
2: I like Forsett. I like that play. It makes a lot of sense. Browns still grading out in the bottom five against the run through the first four mm-hmm. week of the season in quarter pro football focus. $5,800 on DraftKings. That's a deal. You take a look at his price also on FanDuel, 7200 So a little bit more pricey, but um, as you know, a good safe floor, like you said, for his offensive role uh, at home in week five. And then you take a look at the price on Yahoo for Forsett for to $25, which is, again, sort of in line with um what you pay for a middle tier second round second running back but it's not in the 37 range like jamal charles and Le'Veon bell so still fairly affordable depending on which site you want to book him on um who else is going to be in the uh, lineup for you in that second tier at running back
3: well there's one guy i really want to talk about and i know that you have a you have a a love affair with them too and that's todd Gurley this week um Yeah. I mean, last week, if you missed it, he had 21 touches for 161 yards, a lot of that on the ground. I mean, he looked strong. He looked fast. He was running guys over. He was running around guys. Um, He had like a couple 20, 30 yard runs in that game as well. And he was the guy that was in running out the clock at the end of the game. So that's something that's big for me because that usually means that's the guy that they have the most faith in, um, you know, putting the ball in his hands. So I do think that Gurley is somebody you can look at now. Price-wise, which is going to be a big thing for me, on FanDuel, he's 6700 which is not a great price. It's not bad. I still think he's a, a decent play over there, but it's not great. But on DraftKings, what was he, forty-three? if I'm not mistaken? At 4300 on DraftKings, he's somebody that's very interesting to me. What do you think about that?
2: I'm in on Gurley everywhere. I feel like he's basically underpriced across the board. It's almost a joke, and it's a steal. And like you're, we're to me when I do my punt plays article for for Pro Football Focus, I start out in the like mid to upper 4K range for um, some of these running backs. Um, like for, as far as DraftKings pricing, so and to, to see where he is at 4,300 um, is. To me, that's yeah. You're approaching, you know, bargain basement status when you're usually get down to the the three four k range for running backs and wide receivers. You're just you're looking for a flyer with upside, and now we have a guy who can um, produce like a top five running back in the game. So I'm gonna go out there on the limb and say ninety something percent exposure. I think I want to to Gurley. Uh, I want I'm gonna book him as many GPPs as possible. I'm probably pairing him in my in my cash games. Or he'll be RB one in in my in my cash games, uh, along with maybe uh, depending if I decide to use Le'Veon Bell or not. If I use Le'Veon Bell, then he'll be RB two. But that'll probably most likely be my pairing um, to to lock it down. It's just such a great opportunity. And we saw the um, what Jamal Charles was able to do, even the game that was trying was, that the. Uh, Green Bay Packers were trying to put uh, Kansas City away in, and they still managed to keep going to Gurley. I'm um, sorry, to Charles in the passing game, and and he did damage on on a on a pretty serious level. And I, I think that Todd Gurley is absolutely capable of of having similar production. So all in is basically what I'm trying to tell you. Okay. Um, you mentioned Amir Abdullah. Where does he fall in this list of guys that you might be potentially interested in for Week Five?
3: Um, he's, he's the cheap guy for me. Uh, 6,100 on FanDuel, 4,100 on, uh, on DraftKings. He faces Arizona this week. And I mean, Gurley just lit Arizona up for a buck 60 last week, um, with his touches. And the Abdullah play kind of hinges on a few things for me. Obviously, if there's no, no Joyke Bell, I like it a lot more. Um, what you do got to realize is he is losing carries though to, or I shouldn't say carries. He's actually losing... Passing down work to Theo Riddick, um, so he's not an every down back, which is something that I don't really like when I'm looking for guys for uh, daily fantasy. But I do feel like people were are, are going to be off him this week, um, basically because his price is 4,100. For 200 more, you could have Gurley on on DraftKings. I have used some Abdullah on Fanduel because I think that. I can excuse his last week going up against that Seattle defense, which is, you know, very good against the run and the pass, basically. I mean, it's one of the best defenses in the league. Um, And he he was on the road in that game as well. So I think I can have some Abdullah, but he's not making my cash games, to be honest. Uh, He's more of like a GPP flyer for me, but I do think he'll be very low-owned this week. And I do think he can, you know, he has that explosiveness where he can break one for 40 or 50 yards. And he can pick up, you know, a lot of yards on the ground that way. He's really going to need a touchdown to pay off. But I do think that he can give you some upside this week since he's getting more touches.
2: Yeah, I, I'm I'm looking for him to finally have that game where he, he he flashes the the ability that he had in that home run hitter ability that he had in preseason. I think they've they if the good news is they're starting starting to finally figure out that he's not the person that you really want to be in the mix with. Um, uh, as far as splitting carries with joy Bell, but they're also sort of leaning towards giving a handful of carries to Zach, uh, is it Renner or Zenner, I think it is? Zenner, yeah. Zenner, yeah. So um, um, if that's going to happen, then that could sort of temper the expectations for uh, Amir Abdul as well. But I still like his home run hitting upside. So, And for 4100 on DraftKings, it's a very fair price at home. And you, have to, I don't know where how you calculate this, but there's a whole back-to-the-wall factor, you know, your 0-4 and you feel like the season's quickly slipping away, so you need to get a win on the board. So, I don't know if that's extra motivation for anybody on that team, but came very close. They came, a, you know, one fumble away from beating uh, Seattle on the road. So I feel like there's going to be some serious motivation coming here in week five. All right, um, let's go ahead and move on. to Slide down. Maybe we're sort of slipping out of the tier two and into some, like, you know, deep home run play GPP cheapy GP terio- uh, territory. Uh, who you got from uh, that regard? Ooh, for like real, like how how we talking and the five yeah, scraping the bottom of the barrel for you. I mean, I got one that that stands out to me, Um, and you know we're talking about Booby Dixon obviously, but is there anybody else aside for that, or is he the only one that you can sort of make a case for?
3: I mean, the only two names I have written down here below Amir Abdullah is Booby Dixon if he gets in, and then um, I also had Theo Riddick down here because he was catching a lot of passes. you know, but again, I mean, I don't really love anybody below that sixty one hundred range. Not not anybody who I would use with any confidence, to be honest with you. All
2: right, fair enough. I think that's um, a, a very fair assessment. Taking a look at everybody that's here, I mean, the only name that I think you could you could potentially uh, make a case for is is maybe Chris Thompson in the passing game for fifty one hundred. I wrote him up on. Uh, on Pro Football Focus um, last week. And it, the interesting thing that happened with him is he actually got more carries from a rushing perspective than uh, Matt Jones did last week. And people are all about the Matt Jones train. So only, yeah. But the other thing too is he only got three targets in the passing game after coming off of 11 targets for 857 in a score two weeks ago against a Giants. So he wasn't as big of a passing factor as you would have wanted him to. Having said that, I expect them to them to be down Quickly against Atlanta on the road this week, so maybe he sort of resumes a, a bigger um passing back role in Week Five. So
3: now is he is he minimum price over on DraftKings?
2: He I don't think he is minimum price, but I think he's close, close to it. I was gonna say because with the the thing I like about Thompson is he can catch passes out
3: of the backfields.
2: Thirty um, three hundred so, on DraftKings.
3: Okay, I mean that's still pretty close to min price. Yeah. If he can get you you know five receptions, he's probably gonna get you fifty yards. That'll be value. He'll pay off for you. Um, so I don't. I think I would like him a little more on DraftKings than on FanDuel. Like it's just so tough for me to, you know, like even it's the same argument that I keep making with myself for Riddick. Um, I think the reason why I kind of like him is because he catches those passes. And I'm thinking DraftKings scoring stuff. But when you have to pay like five thousand or fifty one hundred for a guy like that, and you could go up to like, you know, twelve or fifteen hundred dollars more to get a guy who's going to get probably twice as many touches like a Gurley or, you know, a Doug Martin even or something like that. Um, I think that I think that it's just tougher for me to use the really cheap guys on FanDuel. You know, on DraftKings where, where it's 3,000, you can make a case for it. But I don't think there's enough of a difference in potential scoring value between a 5,000 guy and a 6,000 guy that I would consider using a lot of the guys down there unless it was a situation where you knew they were going to be getting a lot of touches.
2: Yeah, I, I feel the same way about it as well. So you really are sort of digging deep um, in that area as well. So I think we've sufficiently covered the running backs until, uh, and we'll you know press pause on all that until we get into the, uh, the weekend show where we'll talk about the ownership percentages and see how our opinions change in that regard. But we set a good base for you guys. Now let's go ahead and get into the top plays at the wide receiver position here. Who are your top cash game and uh, running back options?
3: Um, well, the number one wide receiver who I'm using, I'm hopping back on the Julio Jones trade. I mean, he's the he's the best wide receiver in the game for me. Um, and last week, they really didn't need him, which is why he didn't have a big week. They were up twenty eight, nothing in the first half, you know, and Freeman was basically running all over that team. Now, Washington has been a pretty bad pass defense for about the last year and a half. They're not horrible this year, um based on the numbers. But you got to remember, they also played a couple teams that aren't all that great. They played some teams that were run heavy when they played them. Um, And they even played their last game in pretty bad weather where, you know, the passing game until the second half, I mean, the Eagles didn't even try to throw the ball. Um, And then they wound up throwing for like two or three touchdowns there. But he gets a huge number of targets. He usually winds up with, you know, absolute ton of yardage. He doesn't play as well at home. And I don't know why that is, but it's something that I noticed when I was looking at his splits. But I still have a lot of faith in him. It's a high over under game, and I'm hoping that people hop off him after he had a bad last week. And if that's the case, I'm gonna have a lot of them in my lo- in my rosters.
2: Yeah, I, I think that makes a lot of sense for you too. Uh, for for me as well. The the way I'm looking at this is, um, Calvin Johnson did uh, finally got, sort of redeemed himself in terms of being. Tr- uh, trustworthy in the passing game after a bad week one. He's had three consecutive weeks of a, of 11 targets or more and he hasn't cashed in necessarily in the end zone, but he should have obviously against Seattle if uh, if not for the fumble there. So I mean ten for eighty three, eight for seventy seven seven for fifty six uh, against the uh, C- Seattle Seahawks there. So um, I'm back in on him I, for this week at home. I think he's got a good chance to have as much target volume as any wide receiver up at the top, along with Julio. But you get a nice, significant discount from Julio Jones at ninety-two hundred. So I feel like he's probably top, top three, top four among wide receivers here for, me, for GPPs and and for cash games. So um, there's there's some other top options there as well. Now here's a question: um, Would you prefer Calvin Johnson for seventy-four hundred or Julian Edelman on the road for seven K on DraftKings against Dallas?
3: That Dallas secondary is pretty bad. Um, on DraftKings, I like Edelman more. I think on FanDuel though, I would probably go. And again, I'd have to look at the pricing difference between them. But just purely between the two, I would prefer Edelman on DraftKings because he just gets so many targets in that mm-hmm. short passing game, mm-hmm. and you know those targets really add up on DraftKings. You know he could have a ten or eleven catch game, and then if he gets a hundred yards with it, not even including if he gets a touchdown or not. You get 10 catches for 100 yards, that's 23 points over on DraftKings. So for me, at that price, I think that's something that I don't think is all that crazy either. So I would probably look towards Edelman's way on DraftKings. But then again, over on FanDuel, where to me the touchdown is really more important, I think Calvin Johnson is more of a touchdown threat. So if the prices are pretty similar over there, I think I would definitely take Calvin Johnson on FanDuel. As opposed to a guy like Julian Edelman, who's more of a—I don't want to call him a possession receiver because I feel like that—that's almost an insult to him. Um, but he is a guy who's more of a eight to ten yard, move the ball between the uh, you know fifteen yard line kind of deal. You know, he gets a lot of his yards after the catch
2: when he makes the catch. You know,
3: if he has a twenty-five yard catch, it's mostly because he had a catch and run after it.
2: Yeah. So the way I'm looking at this is is. I think it's going to be site dependent. Um, as you as you mentioned, they're much better deal on DraftKings uh, f- for them there with the with the difference we're talking about 7K to 70. Actually, not much of a difference, 7400. And then FanDuel, it's uh, fairly similar with the gap 8100 to 7700. So they're really you're not saving too much by flipping down from one to another. Another guy I also mentioned too um, that I think is going slightly overlooked because he hasn't set the world on fire like last year is Otto Beckham Jr. This week um take a look at his price on FanDuel 9k right up top next to Julio Jones and then on DraftKings as well um he is 9k uh, um is that right did I get the two prices from the two sites mixed up no on, he's 9k up. on both that's strange they never see that usually um uh matching up like that but so yeah, yeah top price option but you see what San Francisco has been able to do on the road and that means just basically not defend anyone. So. Um, Are you going to be having some shares of uh, OBJ here in Week 5?
3: You know, I haven't, to be honest with you, I haven't put him in any of the early lineups that I made. But now that you're mentioning it, you know, maybe that is the issue. Like, I have completely overlooked him. Like, I think a lot of other people will. Yeah. And he is a guy that... And like you said, it's not like San Francisco's got a lockdown pass defense or anything, and they have been even worse on the road. So there's there's a little bit more... uh... You know, a little bit more than I need to think about with that one, I think. But yeah, I I don't I don't hate that in tournament play. Would you use him in cash though? Do you have that much faith in him?
2: Yes, against San Francisco. Yes, San Francisco to me, um, okay. they've just been such a turnstile in terms of defense um in the in the passing game on, on the road. They just they're like they're like a completely different r- r- team. Um, taking a look at them in in pass coverage, um, bottom five in the league through the first. Uh, f- Five weeks of the season. San Francisco 49ers in pass coverage there. The negative 17.6 grade. Um, speaking
3: speaking of the top wide receivers, let me ask you a question because I, I know how, how I feel about this, but um you look at Julio, you look at Beckham, you look at Antonio Brown. When mm-hmm. people want to spend up, that's probably the three guys they're looking at right up there at the top of the, you know, at the top of the list on most of the sites. I have Julio. As number one, I have Antonio Brown as a guy who I'm completely fading this week um, after watching them play last week. Me too. Uh, But now I'm starting to think to myself, you know, so would that put Beckham? Like, if you had to figure what you think the ownership percentage on those three guys would be for tournaments, would you say Julio's probably 30%? And then, like, you know, it's like I still think people are going to own Brown pretty heavily, which is kind of why I want to stay away from him in tournaments because I just really think he could under I think he has the best chance of those three to underperform big time. Um, what do you think his ownership's gonna be? Do you think people are just gonna completely forget about him after watching that game last week? Like we do?
2: Yes, I do. I, and I feel like um, there's just a little, not, like not a whole lot of trust overall between um, you know using Eli Manning and um, Odell Beckham Jr., because he hasn't set the world on fire like last year, and you saw, like, Reuben Randall come up with, uh, like, a big game uh, there, uh, like, I think in week three or week four, was it last week? So Mm -hmm. you're not totally sure. Here's the other thing, too. I think people are feeling feeling like they're scheming a little bit better against Odell Beckham Jr., and they've been able to sort of take him um, out of the game. A, a little bit more effectively this season so yeah. uh, they've got a full season of game tape so but i've had a eli otto beckham jr stack every week and i'm not going away from it especially this week now with san francisco on the schedule so mm-hmm. um i'm going okay. to go going back to the well and if it if i you know i go there and it's dry and after week five then i'll reevaluate but to me it's just there's just too much upside against a bad san francisco team fair enough Alright, so we've talked about the guys, uh, three or four guys here in the top tier. Let's slide down into the middle tier here and talk about who interests you.
3: Um, There's actually a bunch of guys down here. First guy that kind of stands out to me has been Keenan Allen. Uh, There's likely no Stevie Johnson this week. They're also likely going to be without Malcolm Floyd this week, although they do get back Antonio Gates, which leads me to believe that teams are going to have to start you know, kind of worrying about the inside a little more, which is going to open up more room on the outside for a guy like uh, like Keenan Allen. Now, Pittsburgh doesn't have a great pass defense. Since about the middle of last season, their pass defense has been pretty bad, but that's also because they were playing with Roethlisberger and throwing the ball a little more, a couple more plays, a little bit quicker pace. So I'm not exactly sure how that's going to play itself out, but one way or another, you're getting Keenan Allen, who's a PPR monster, um, averaging about 12 targets per game. So obviously a site like DraftKings, I love him. And he also gets red zone looks, too. So he's not just a possession guy between the 20s, Um, although he does run a lot of those, like, slant routes. I think the one drawback they'll have with him, I think they're going to use him more downfield this game because with Gates back in there, you're going to see Gates running a lot of those underneath routes, I think. So you might not get as many of those quick underneath routes to Keenan Allen that he's been seeing. So I don't know if he'll have as many receptions or targets this week, but I think that his... Average depth of target this week will be further down the field because I do think they're going to use him down the field to take a few more shots.
2: Yeah, I could see that as uh, being a potential um, big situation, too, with um, just the. We're, we're talking about Keenan Allen here, correct? Yes. Yeah, um, with Phillip Rivers having. Um, I mean, Antonio Gates is coming back, but he still has to work himself into the lineup. You got Stevie Johnson injured, um, and uh, I don't you should know that like after four weeks by now that they've, those are the two guys who have just been almost as productive as any wide receiver tandem um, in the game uh, through the fourth week of the seasons. I love the fact that when, um, if it is a situation that they even get behind Pittsburgh there, they just ramp up the volume 17 targets in week one for Keenan Allen, yep. 18 targets in week three uh, against Minnesota, you know, both mm-hmm. games that they sort of had to battle and come from behind in big chunks of yardage, three touchdowns so far. So yards per temp look pretty good. Uh, uh, overall, as well. So Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers looks dialed in at home. By the way. Yes. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm gonna actually ta- listen to myself this time, uh, because I I promoted uh, the Philip Rivers Keenan Allen snack all week long last week, and then I got off of it by the end of the week. For, come Friday, when I got the report that they were missing three offensive line starters, and mm-hmm. it really just hasn't mattered from the shotgun. He gets the ball. Get rid of the ball in under three seconds, and he's on point, especially yep. at home. So. Give me some Keenan Allen-Philip River stack uh, in in week five. So Larry Fitzgerald, um, where are you stand on his camp? Because I, have you ch- been able to check out the uh, wide receiver cornerback matchup on, on PFF uh, for this week?
3: You know what? I haven't. I usually wind up doing that. I don't usually play a lot on Thursday night. I'll put some teams in um, on DraftKings because I know I can change it before Sunday and just won't use any of the Thursday guys. Yeah. Um, Thursday is usually my night where I get a lot of my research you know, as far as matchups and stuff like that done. Um, You know, because Friday is when I usually talk about that kind of stuff, and then Saturday is usually when I wind up building my rosters. But I have been on Larry Fitzgerald pretty much since the beginning of the year, and he's done some pretty well for me. Does he have a bad matchup? Is that why you're telling me that? You're going to break
2: my heart. Uh, Do you feel like it's a bad matchup? I don't know. Like I said, I didn't look at it yet. Who who does he have? He's got Josh Wilson, and he's the number one roster. Rated uh, wide receiver uh, cornerback matchup heading into week five. So you can celebrate. Ooh. And the price okay. is right for me personally. 6800 on DraftKings. I love that. So I'm going to get myself back into the Carson Palmer-Fitz uh, stack uh, once again in, in week five. Take a look at uh, the, the price on FanDuel. Uh, well, even, um, I guess more reasonable comparatively um 7400 as well so i guess maybe sort of that inside same range just right around the top 10 but not you know gonna break you you can still potentially roll a wide receiver one into your lineup and pair Keenan allen if you've got enough value plays uh in your lineup in the other spots so mm-hmm. um some pretty interesting uh, scenarios with uh, Keenan Allen. I'm stacking both. I'll have a Philip Rivers, Keenan Allen stack. I'll have a Carson Palmer, Larry Fitzgerald stack in, in week five. So yeah. sliding down the line here towards the end, um, you, you you ready for some home run balls? What do you got for me?
3: Okay. Um, well, I mean, I also like in that range, I also like Mike Evans upside this week. Okay. Um, you know, he had a tough matchup last week. So he's another guy who I think could be very low owned because he hasn't put up big numbers right. and he's got big upside to me. Um, how low are we talking? Are we talking like in the 6,800 range on FanDuel, like a guy like Jeremy Macklin, or are we talking like the 6,000 range on FanDuel where I like a guy like Travis Benjamin, your boy?
2: Yeah, I think we could, let's go a little bit lower um, into, the, okay. into the into the uh, the bargain basements, and we're looking for some blue light specials here. So
3: um, Okay, well, if you're playing the Thursday lock game, you got uh, Mumphrey from Houston would be somebody. I'm not even sure what his price is. If I'm going real low on a Sunday game, you know, like I was saying before, I don't really love a guy like Kamar Aiken at 5,800, but he's got to see some targets. Um, I don't even know who's going to be on the other side for them. Do you?
2: Uh, Pierre Desir is currently projected to be on Kamar Aiken, um, and I think that um, is pending whether or not Joe Hayden – Uh, jumps back into the lineup so if it if it isn't it's joe hayden joe hayden's out with a broken finger and he's was supposed to be probable and then uh was a late last minute scratch so i'm gonna guess that it's actually probably going to end up being joe hayden but joe hayden hasn't graded out particularly well through the first three weeks of the season either so yeah
3: he's he's actually been one of the better matchups for wide receivers so far he's gotten lit up by uh Cooper lit him up. Uh, oh, Marshall's got a touchdown in the first week. 100 yards against them.
2: Oh, you know what? I have to scratch that actually. Um, it looks to me like they have Joe Hayden uh, matched up against Darren Waller. Now, if you told me who Darren Waller was, I would have said that's got to be hockey. Okay. Turns out, I guess it's the number two wide receiver. Uh, uh you know match um uh, you know matching up on the left side against joe hayden and joe I, joe hayden is i think for the most part generally not a shadow corner unless it's an elite matchup so it looks uh-huh. like they're just going to leave him on the left side of the, of the defense to face darren waller and kamar aiken will get pierre to see her so um that's hmm. actually probably good news for for kamar aiken if you're interested at all I yeah if-
3: and well, they actually I'm just reading up on that guy Waller now that you say that cuz I I knew they were going to need somebody else over there at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, he's basically a rookie from Georgia Tech, 6 round draft pick. Uh they said he was impressive in camp and preseason and he's 6 foot 6, which yeah. is going to be a tough matchup for Hayden who's what, like
2: 5'11"? Yeah, big red zone target. And yeah, Joe Hayden is 5'11" 195. So, yeah, wow. I could I wouldn't be surprised if I saw a couple tosses up into the into the red zone uh for Darren Waller, so if you feel so inclined, and I don't personally, but you I mean you could, it, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't fault anybody who went with, you know, said they're going to be jumping on Joe Flacco here in 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 week five because Cleveland has just played so terrible defensively in all facets. So, can you make a case for Darren Wallen? Sure. Will I be playing him? Probably not. I'll probably play Kamar Aiken first.
3: Yeah, I mean, Aiken is fifty eight hundred on Fanduel. Um, you know, Waller is 45 if you're going, like, way, way down and, you know, looking bargain basement to try to fit in a couple studs. That would, you know, that was basically why I mentioned the two of them together, to be honest.
2: Yeah, I would probably much rather go for Martavis Bryant than I would um, Darren Waller because we know Bryant has put um, some good tape together in limited action once he came off, uh, came into the uh, the fold last last season there so um there's some potential there just uh, talking about some other uh, cheaper options too i think you got to go back to the bees this year we uh, we've talked about this i think early in the week cole beasley here um which is close to minimum salary again well we like him as lance dunbar part do he's super cheap um it's not a a plus matchup according to pro football focus but I feel like there's going to be just a significant amount of target volume for him especially in a game where you figure that Dallas is going to be behind and maybe behind quickly against the New England Patriots there so I I like Cole Beasley we talked about how we're sort of off uh Omari Cooper this week he has a negative advantage grade not a big one but he's scheduled to be matched up against Bradley Roby um so that doesn't project to be a good matchup for him. Bradley Roby has been stout defensively at cornerback for the Denver Broncos. And one of the reasons why I'm using Denver uh, as in a lot of my defensive matchups here for DFS in, in Week 5. Um, any other um, home run balls you want to toss out there before we get out of here? Uh, well, yeah,
3: I mean, you got a couple guys, if you're looking on like FanDuel, that are below 6,000 this week that I like. Um, guys like a John Brown, I think, have some upside. I think Terrence Williams has a little bit of upside from Dallas. I think they're going to need the pass, so he could have a little bit of a bigger game. Um, even Kendall Wright, although Buffalo's defense is pretty good, 5900 for him is a pretty cheap price. So I think I'd rather play any of those guys over Aiken for a hundred dollars more. Um, but below that, there's not much that I'm looking at. Um, you know, I don't want to use a guy like Marvin Jones this week. Willie Sneed is a little bit interesting at 5300 on FanDuel. I've had him in a couple lineups. Um, I agree with your Cole Beasley take. I mean, they're running out of guys that can run those short routes for them. So I think Beasley will have a little bit of a bigger game this week. But um, much below that, that's about it. That's about all I see.
2: Yeah, I, I think we've covered the the uh, the main basis of it. I've got a couple more sneakier ones. Mm-hmm. But if you want to catch those, you're going to have to actually read my article. That's coming out tomorrow on Pro Football Focus. So make sure you check out that. It's the uh, Week 5 uh, NFL wide receiver and uh, running back punt plays. So it says exactly lines up perfectly with today's running back and wide receiver show. And that's available uh, for gold subscribers every week on profootballfocus.com. All right, Benny, that is going to wrap it up for today's show. As we are, uh, sneakily previewed, we're going to have the weekend update covering ownership percentages uh, following the. Um, we, we do it the right way. We wait for the, the tournament to start and the numbers to come out first. And uh, we'll uh, take a look at those ownership percentages and, um, and we'll break those down and then we'll update you on all the Friday practice injury reports, combine the two and tell you who makes for the best cash game and GPP lineups heading into the weekend. So stay tuned for that. Uh, available Friday afternoons and all, all obviously available to stream uh, over the weekend and download all weekend long on iTunes and Stitcher. So make sure you give us a, a, a download, a subscription, a nice review on iTunes if you if you would do, please. And don't forget to share with your friends. And um, you can always check out Benny on Twitter at BennyR11. Send all your comments and complaints and questions to me on Twitter at JoshHaysFS. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time.
1: Napa, no.